This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host. Today is show 218 and our final show for 2020. We made it, folks. We're here at the end of 2020. What a year it's been. Uh, I realize this is definitely not the first hard year humanity's ever experienced or people out there might be going, you thought 2020 was hard. Try my 2016. Um, but I, I guess when I say that, I think about how collectively uh, there have been challenges for the simple fact that a whole world is going through a an overlapping challenge and however anyone might feel about how it's playing out, how it's being treated, how yada, 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 um, it has been a challenge nonetheless uh, because we all feel the after effects of something that happens globally like this. So uh, I'm sending massive hugs out to anyone who's had a really challenging year this year. Uh, Here's to a fresh start, uh, some new energy and all the good things that come with the shift of one year into the next. It's also a time that many people celebrate around the world and I want to wish you all wonderful celebrations, however that looks for you. Uh, for us, it looks like going down to my mum and dad's and spending French Christmas Eve traditionally and having a wonderful dinner together and then doing the Aussie Christmas the next day down the road uh, in Moss Vale. So um, very excited that that is literally days away. And uh, today we've actually got a show on mitochondria with the awesome and wonderful Dr. Carrie Jones. Uh, I absolutely love being able to bring you people like Carrie who just have such a deep, deep understanding of biochemistry, the way the body works, how to optimize our health, but who explain things in such an animated, easy to follow way that makes us all feel like we can take charge and own our, our health picture. Uh, Carrie is a very special talent in that regard. And there aren't many as good as her. So today we are talking mitochondria, but because of the time of year and because we're good friends and because, you know, a lot of people are going to be celebrating, we also talk about mitochondrial bounce back and how to uh, help our bodies bounce back from, you know, discrepancies, uh, uh, indulgences, you know, really one of the big things that I've learned that I continue to see as being such an obvious overlap in, in interviewing so many different experts in different fields of health and sustainability is that flexibility is so key, whether we're talking about um, HRV, uh, heart rate variability, whether we're talking about metabolic flexibility, whether we're talking about breathing flexibility, which we're going to talk next year about with the um, amazing Rosalba, who has a PhD in breathing. Flexibility is where it's at. So really our body should be able to withstand challenge. It should be able to experience a hit and we should be able to bounce back. And so that is a big part of today's show as well. 
Uh, Carrie, for anyone who has been under a rock and doesn't follow her on Instagram, she has one of the most informative accounts I've ever come across. Uh, And uh, her health background is she's a naturopathic physician. She has a master's in public health as well and has 12 years of experience in the field of functional and integrative medicine. She is an adjunct faculty for the National University of Natural Medicine. Uh, She has taught courses in gynecology and advanced endocrinology, and she's been the medical director for two large integrative clinics uh, in Portland, Oregon, and is currently the medical director for Precision Analytical, uh, including the creators of the most cutting-edge hormone test on the market that you guys have heard me interview Carrie about a couple of times now, the Dutch test, a wonderful, wonderful test, very useful. Uh, So... Uh, her job is not to judge, it is to educate and empower. And you always come away feeling a little better for it, uh, that is for sure. So I'm going to hook into that conversation in just a little minute. But right now, I want to remind you that you have another week or nine days specifically left to make the most of the Killer Pillar uh, pillow offer. Uh, they do an adult size and an eight to 12 year old tween size as well. And you get 15% off all the month of December, and this is for the Aussies. Uh, Lotox December 15 is your code, and their website is killerpillar.com.au. That's K I L A P I L A dot com.au. Uh, and I guess, you know, a lot of people ask me, oh my gosh, you know, it's a little expensive. Is it worth it? Um, what's your experience been, Alex? You know, I've heard it takes some getting used to. And yeah, it does actually. Um, It wasn't love at first sight for me. I'm going to be brutally honest. But um, that has largely to do with the fact that I had come to feel that what a normal pillow felt like was my head raised significantly uh, and, um, and that was the normal feeling. So of course, when you get a hole in the middle of your pillow and a dip back, it can feel a little odd, but something that I noticed, uh, over the first few weeks of using the pillow is I would wake up more refreshed. And I asked Todd about this in an interview actually that I did with Todd and Carolina, the creators of the pillow, Todd's a chiropractor for the low tox, uh, go low tox course. Uh, it's on our bedroom day. And, um, uh, he talked about how the nervous system truly relaxes when the spine is aligned. And when you're on your back, that if you're on your back, it's one of the most trusting postures. And so while a lot of us sleep more sort of fetally on our sides, that can often be a sign that our nervous systems are jacked up. We are wired and um, in tendency to be in our sympathetic state and not in our parasympathetic state. And it takes a little while to unwind from that and to really trust on your back uh, with your head fully back in correct spinal alignment, which then helps uh, to correctly rest our nervous system for that really refreshed feeling. I was like, ah, oh, that's why that makes complete sense. And I remember when I had mold illness, I would sleep on my side and like be so bunched up. It really was fetal position because I was feeling protective and I was not feeling safe in that time, felt very unwell. Um, and over the years I've, uh, relaxed more 
And this really was the the final clincher for me. So I hope that helps you as a little story, just in case that resonates, rings true for where you're at right now. But I really think um, some of the biggest ahas for, for people have been around chronic neck or back pain. And uh, once you're used to that different way of sleeping, uh, the benefits have been really exciting to hear from you guys. So that offer again is 15% off, Lowtox December 15 and killerpillar.com.au. Enjoy. And of course, now enjoy my chat with Carrie Jones and the last chat of 2020 on the Lowtox Life podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who has tuned in either each week or maybe you've been a binge listener. I had someone on Instagram the other day, Hannah, who admitted to um, her Spotify report showed that her biggest binge was 11 episodes of the Low Tox Life podcast in one day. Woo, that was a big day. <laughs> uh, so I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who shares the show with your friends and family, with your colleagues, with your practitioners, friends, patients, uh, and clients, uh, it doesn't, you know, it's very hard to get the word of mouth when you're one tiny business. Um, but thanks to all of you guys, our faithful listeners, this show travels far and wide and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that sharing. I love seeing myself tagged on Insta saying, Oh, you've got to listen to this show. This was groundbreaking or had so many ahas in this one. And we just get it all the time. So I'll be sharing, uh, in an end of new, end of year newsletter next week, what the top 10 listened to shows of this year were, as well as the um, top listened to top 10 of all time, because that changes each year as new shows come on. Uh, And so if you're new to the show, that's going to be a super useful list uh, to get. Uh, So I'll share that with you guys soon. Uh, Enjoy my chat with Dr. Carrie Jones, all about mitochondria, hormones and celebrations. Carrie Jones, hello. Hello. It feels so wonderful to see your face. I know it's so exciting. And uh, it also feels so fake to pretend that we've literally just started talking when we've been talking for the better part of an hour for everyone listening. Just have a good laugh at us. Well, we had to catch up. (laughs) We did. We did. No, couldn't see you live in person this year. So no, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and what a year roller coaster. So many, so many things to talk about because this experience is so different for different people around the world. Um, I mean, yeah, we could, we could talk about it for hours, but as I was thinking about who I wanted to close the show out with this year, you, you made the short list, Carrie, oh. and, and you hit, you got to the top because here we are. what I love about when we chat on the show is we bring, um, there's always this amazing mix of the human experience of what it is to be your healthiest self, some really great science and some humor. And I think, <laughs> I think we could all do with a great little cocktail, uh, to, to finish the year off. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I'll pour the tequila. Yes. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so something I have loved that you've been sharing uh, recently in great detail, and obviously we won't be able to share to the depth of what you have been sharing in your part series um, in this regard. So I'm encouraging everybody to go check out Carrie's Instagram. Um, you've shared some incredible IGTVs, posts, all about mitochondria. And this is something I'm very personally passionate about for our chronic illness community, 
and something that I have definitely noticed my little mitochondria need extra support since I since I went through SIRS and uh, and now with the EMF uh, phone tower saga, I'm definitely noticing it. It's really quite incredible when you pay attention to your mitochondria and you nurture them, um, the difference that it can make to how you get through your day. But I think a lot of people sometimes just feel a bit too shy to ask the basics and don't actually know how to even attempt to understand how we might um, acknowledge the importance of mitochondria and how we might then go about um, doing better by them. So let's do a bit of a 101. What do we need to know? What are the mitochondria? And this is, I love this question because I actually even got this from a practitioner last week who I was talking about adrenal glands and stress and cortisol and mitochondria. And this well-meaning practitioner said, you know, I think you should not jump on the bandwagon of the mitochondria. I think you need to really pay attention to the adrenal glands. And I thought, oh, oh, the mitochondria, they're in every cell in your body, including the adrenal glands. So if we go right back to the beginning, we all learned in school that our mitochondria are our cellular powerhouses. So our mitochondria, its main job is to make something called ATP. And ATP, very much like a battery, powers up everything in our body. So we know, we think of like adrenaline and cortisol for energy to do our things externally and to handle stress, but to do our things internally, um, ATP is really the main basic, most important battery. So if you feel like your battery is at half charge or 10%, or you're getting the warning that you're at 1%, it's ATP that's at the base, the core of all of it. Now, mitochondria also are responsible for the first step of your cortisol production and the production of your progesterone, your testosterone, your estrogen for men and women. So if you are struggling with cortisol, if you are struggling with testosterone, if you are struggling with progesterone production, your mitochondria are actually the organelles that make it happen. So if they're dysfunctional, you're going to have a dysfunctional battery. You're going to feel sort of tired and not fully charged up, and you're going to have dysfunctional hormones at the same time. So it's really important when we, when we microscopically look really deep into the cell. That's what we're paying attention to is the mitochondria. Mm. So, you know, a lot of us are therefore chasing around hormone issues. Yes. uh, And you could chase around and try and do all these things and take all these expensive supplements, maybe even be put on the pill to normalize in inverted (laughs) commas, your cycle, all these things. Um, But we could actually be missing the point here and we could be missing the true gatekeepers of what then sets everything off in good motion. Yes. Now, to make a hormone in the first place, we have to, the brain has to be healthy. The the signaling, I say to people, signals start in the brain, but the actual factory, the actual production of the, you know, of the thing happens deep down in the mitochondria. So we want good signaling from the top and we want good production down there in the mitochondria. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about good signaling quickly and, yeah. and what, what it looks like to look after our signaling? 
Absolutely. So um, all the signaling starts in the brain in uh, this area called the hypothalamus, and you have another area called the pituitary, and they require some key pieces. One is really good blood flow, and two is oxygenation. Mm-hmm. So to be the most, keep it really basic, I tell people your blood flow from your brain down to the rest of your body is very important. So that means if you are listening to this and you have your shoulders up around your ears and you're hunched over and looking forward, then you need to straighten up your posture and pull your chin back. You need to focus on your breathing, that deep breathing versus the shallow breathing, because it will make a world of difference in how you perfuse blood up and down and how you perfuse oxygen up and down. And that can be just one big thing for brain signaling. So posture is everything. But so are things like stretching and massages and chiropractic and acupuncture and yoga and inversion poses. If you can do them, I cannot, but other people can. (laughs) So, you know, like exercise, movement, getting that blood flowing is what can be really, really helpful at a basic level. And then the third, the third most basic thing is following a rhythm. Mm -hmm. So the brain um, really works off of light and dark. And so before anyone asks me, what supplement should I take? What hormone should I take? What should I take? I always ask them, how, how are your rhythms? Do you wake up and get light exposure? And when you go to bed, do you sleep in complete darkness? And do you wind down before bed? Because if you don't, that, those two things alone, light in the morning, darkness at night, true light and true darkness are what help set and reset your rhythm, your daily rhythm, which affects all the rhythms in your whole body how you're Mm. hungry, how you ovulate, how you make a hormone, how you heal and repair. It affects everything. Mm, So interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder whether that's why we sleep lighter during a full moon because there's more light around. If you have full moon exposure, so if somebody Mm. leaves their blinds or curtains open during a full moon and actually gets that full light in a room, it can be really challenging to sleep. Mm. (laughs) Sure can. Mm-hmm. Thank God for those. I have those beautiful block out cushiony kind of mm-hmm. the yeah. mask. Yeah. I don't know where I'd be without it living in a city. That's for sure. Yeah. It can be challenging. Yeah. I've, I, we don't have, I have people who like get tape, you know, they'll get whatever and they'll tape up um, like their smoke detector has a little green light, you know, like they'll tape it up or if they have some sort of electronic in the room, like they'll, they'll tape up the little light just so no little light gets through. I mean, they, they go all the way to make sure it's pr- a pretty dark room. And I'm, but I'm like yeah. you, I just wear the, I just wear the cover. I'm like, I don't have time to tape up and move around <laughs> and unplug. Like I just put the cover on. <laughs> yeah. I think it just seems way easier, but I had um, a wonderful guest on the show in the early days, Alex Fergus, and he's a sleep coach. And he did a six week experiment of zero blue light in the house. Like just, just getting rid of all of it, including the little light in the fridge that goes on when you open it. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had more sleep uh, and more sex than they'd ever had as a couple because oh what else gosh. are you going to do when you don't, you know, like candlelight all the time? And, you know, yeah, that sounds up, lovely. Everything got yeah. pretty romantic at their house. Um, so funny, but yes, let's, uh, let's just wear the mask and go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired. It's the end of the year. (laughs) Right. Right. And for me, I'm in the Northern hemisphere. So for me, it's dark, it's gray, it's rainy. I looked at my little, um, weather app this morning. It said, uh, sunrise was at seven 16 this morning. Sunsets at four 39. I was like, Oh, it's so sad. (laughs) Oh, that's tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very Mm -hmm. tough. So mitochondria. Okay. 
there are situations when our mitochondria gets hit and it's kind of like our liver gets hit because you had two drinks that night and it's just a one-off and you're not normally a drinker. And then there's a situation where like you drink two drinks a night and so your liver's always getting hit. Is the mitochondria the same in the sense that there's uh, a situation where there is an acute um, dip or yep. a chronic dip in function? Yep. yep. So the mitochondria, um, they sort of had three choices. Unlike the liver, they have three choices. So if you are a mitochondria and you are completely busted, you got hit, you got blown up, then it goes through what's called mitophagy, which is basically where it kills itself off and then the body gets rid of it. Now, your other option is called fission, where you maybe you have a broken arm. And so the mitochondria goes, ooh, what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fission off the broken arm, and then I'm going to just be a mitochondria with no arm, but I'm going to find a mitochondria that also has a um, uh, one arm, and then I'm going to fuse together and we will be a bigger mitochondria, but with the left and right arm. So it can be, so it can kill itself off or get killed. It can fission off or it can fuse, which is also called a part of it's called biogenesis. So if you get hit, if you, if you have, um, you have a drink, alcohol affects the mitochondria. You have a drink. It can affect your, just like it can affect the liver, but the liver can rebound. It can affect your mitochondria, but your mitochondria can rebound. But if you have something chronic, whether it is alcohol, maybe it's mold exposure and you don't realize it, it's the pesticides you use in your backyard, it's a chemical that you have in your house, you've got plugins everywhere to smell good, you don't filter your water and you don't realize you have a lot of lead in your pipes, whatever it is, a lot of things affect our mitochondria, um, that chronicity much like the liver can also cause issues with the mitochondria. They just eventually become stuck in a cycle of dysfunction and now they can't power you up and they can't produce the hormones mm. like they were. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense because I know when I've been hit uh, by mold, for example, like if I'm at a friend's house, I'm still not at the place of recovery where I've become resilient to mold full stop. If I get little bits of exposure, I'm still knocked sideways. And I always remember that scene, Steve Martin in The Three Amigos, where he's like locked up in El Guapo's tower and chained. Uh -huh. And like he tries to get out of there and he's like, gonna make it, gonna make it. Gonna. <laughs> and he's just like edging his way forward. And then the, the weight of the chains like sinks him straight back to the wall and he just keeps like going back to zero. And that's how it feels for me if I try to do exercise a day after I've been hit. Yes. by like a dirty yeah. aircon or um, a water damaged building at a friend's place that I've spent a few hours at. But so think about it. Your mitochondria battery as an, as an easy visual. Yeah. If you are, if you're, you're not at a hundred percent right now, right. You're still in recovery and you know, you hear the cell tire, tire tower issue and there's mm. history. So your battery is not at a hundred percent. And then you go to a friend's house or somewhere and you get knocked down even further in your percentage. And then you go to exercise the next day. That definitely requires a lot of battery power. Mm. You don't have it. You don't, you don't have that reserve, that battery reserve. You weren't at a hundred and can go to 50 and it's fine. Cause like, you know, you're going to get back up to a hundred. Yeah. You may already start out at 50, drop down to 20 and then exercise and now you're at the 1% warning that you, you know, everyone freaks out. And it's like, where's the charger? <laughs> Why is there a damn charger? Yeah, where's the charger? Why does my kid take the charger right when I need it? Yeah. So, okay. What needs to be happening then at, um, 
the deepest level of recovery and healing for our mitochondria to, to get to that hundred percent? Like what can we do at that level? Uh, the first, first, first thing is, which makes sense is avoid, avoid the cause or remove the cause. Right. So, um, I had a post up about coffee and how coffee beans can be one heavily sprayed and two have a lot of mold mycotoxin that grow on them. And the roasting process of coffee does not completely eliminate mold mycotoxin exposure. And so, or anything that's sprayed on for that matter. And so I had a number of people in the comments say, you know, I'm working with through mold, mold exposure. I'm very sick. And I realized the coffee was the everyday trigger for me. I was drinking it every day thinking, I'm doing all the things, I'm taking all the supplements, but what I was doing was not paying attention to the crap coffee I'm drinking and it was continually setting me back. And it sounds so little, right? You're like like a cup of coffee, like seriously. But if you're already at 10% battery life and then you drink coffee made out of moldy coffee beans because you're not checking, that literally can be the straw that breaks the camel's back. So I tell people it's so important with the mitochondria to do the to filter your water and pay attention to you where you get your foods. If like, and, and all of this is if you can, or do the best you can, you know, like read your skincare, right. You read your skincare labels and be careful of, you know, your candles. I mean, people don't like this time of year, you know, we're getting into the holidays and everybody's into pumpkin and ginger spice and gingerbread and pine. And yeah, like they you know, put real pumpkin right, and freaking ginger like, spice in those things. You yeah. think it smells like that because the <laughs> pumpkin fairies just come in and, you know, and so, and then they burn and that goes up in the air and we breathe it in and our, our liver has to handle it and our mitochondria get affected by it. And so, just these little things can make a big difference because if you go back to the bucket analogy, how full is your bucket? And if you add candles to your bucket and you add plugins to your bucket and you add skincare, that's actually got a ton of chemicals in it. And to the stuff you clean your house with is actually pretty potent and gives you a headache after you clean your house and wipe your bathroom down and the stuff you put on your garden and, and then you don't filter your water. Right. And, 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 and then mm. alcohol and then stress. Now your bucket overflows and, 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 and that's a problem. And that's, that's what happens with the mitochondria. So I'm tell people, you know, it, at the very least try to cut out what you can and make some conversions and read your book, you know, <laughs> Thank and you. like, right. Make some, mm. make some, make some choices little by little, because that will just help put the fire out on the mitochondria. So Massively. lifestyle, yeah. right. Is like the first thing that I tell people to go through for the mitochondria. And a helpful tip for people to be able to know whether their coffee or their black tea uh, for that matter is, um, contains mold from its process and from the raw materials is if you start needing to pee like about three times in quick succession after a cup, uh, then your antidiuretic hormone has been affected. And that is one of the hormones that is massively affected by mold exposure. And I know straight away, I drink decaf because uh, of genetics. And, um, and I love a good bulletproof decaf because I know Dave does all the testing to, to make sure that, um, that that stuff is fine. And I could drink a cup of bulletproof and I don't need to pee for like two hours, like normal, right? Right, yeah. Um, but if I, just the other day, I felt like a real coffee and I would have maybe four of these a year. So I had the coffee that I bought for my mum when she comes to stay with us. Mm-hmm. And I, I made it in my coffee machine, it tasted great. 
And I needed to pee four times in the next hour. I was like, oh, crap, I've been molded. Yeah. Yeah. So I took my, <laughs> took my yeah. charcoal, you know, did all the things and, um, and I was fine. But, you know, a lot of us have to start to get to know our bodies and really start to understand, right, what is normal for us and when something is off. And I think sometimes that conversation in itself, that personal conversation we have with our bodies is so broken and disconnected because we've been looking for the guru out there for so long that um, that we can miss these really simple triggers. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's even the, like I was talking about breathing earlier and the number of people who, you know, they don't want to admit they snore and they don't want to deal with their sleep apnea or they don't recognize they mouth breathe all the time. Maybe their nose is stuffed up or it's just easier. They have TMJ jaw issues. So they tend to mouth breathe versus nose breathe. And that really affects the way you get oxygen up into your brain or well, your lungs and then your brain and, and then everywhere else. And oxygen is one of the key components of making that ATP of, um, you know, helping to make, you know, your energy. And so when I tell people, be aware of your posture, you know, all day long, be aware of your posture, how you sit, where you're looking at your phone, how long you're doing it. Um, and I've had a lot of people write me and go, holy crap, you know, it's comfortable. It's comfortable to slump. It's comfortable to be like in crazy positions on the couch. It's comfortable to be at your desk, kick back, looking down at your phone. And then you sit up and you realize, oh my gosh, I wasn't breathing or I was holding my breath or I was looking down and cutting it. You know, I was reducing the percent. And so I get all these messages from people who are like, it's made a world of difference just to pay attention to my posture throughout the day. And I'm like, that is affecting one, everything in your whole body. Cause we are human, hello, oxygen, but our mitochondria require it. And it's these little fixes. I mean, that doesn't require any money. Mm, <laughs> pay so attention true. to your posture. Yeah, it's huge. You know, I've got, I don't know if you can see this, like the guys won't I, be able to see it, but my, um, my, uh, your bands, my bands. Yeah. And I get up and I do, um, uh, like a pull chest pull. Yeah. Yeah. And I just do that every hour. Like whenever I get myself a glass of water and it just mm -hmm. keeps everything open. Yes. And yep. I I've been doing it for a few months now and it really makes a huge difference to lung capacity. Yeah. To open. I've noticed. Yeah. I have a uh, chest. I have a yoga wheel and I, um, and you can even do that. I have a yoga wheel, but you can even do this on a blow up ball. You know, people get those blow up exercise balls, just like go backwards on it, you know, go backwards, open up your arms and your chest and just be gentle with yourself, but it can really help to just roll backwards, you know, a couple in the morning or a couple, at least at the end of your day or twice a day, a couple times a day and open all of that up for oxygenation. So your mitochondria don't like chemicals. They don't like mold. They don't like viruses, which is a real bummer right now. Um, but any viruses, they don't even like Epstein-Barr, you know, any of the other flu. They don't like that virus. They don't like alcohol. You know, your, your, your mitochondria, I think that they're, I mean, they're pretty, they're pure, pretty Puritans. Mm. <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't like any of the sins. They, they like want. to keep you on the straight yeah, and narrow. They keep yeah. you for sure on the straight and narrow. They don't like any of that naughty stuff. Mm. But mitochondria do really like um, cold. So mm -hmm. they like cold plunges, you know, cold showers, wash your face in cold. Um, they, because of they, your mitochondria are responsible for what's called your thermogenesis, um, your, your heat building. Um, your mitochondria really like red light and near infrared light. So that's why people in the sun, that means one of the reasons they feel better when, they, when they're in the sun. So the red and the near infrared light hits a part of the process that makes ATP and makes it work better, turns it on, makes it work better. 
And so the same for some people have red light and near infrared light lights in their house panel, maybe in a, their sauna. And so I, I say, use it in the morning and really help power, literally power up your mitochondria. But spacing is important. So I have had people say, oh, I have a far near infrared light sauna. I sit in my two-person sauna every day. I love it. I sweat and detox, which is great. But for mitochondrial purposes, distance counts. So if you have just a red light is the light in your sauna and you're sitting down and the light is, you know, above you, you're not going to get the benefit. You kind of have to be up on that light mm, <laughs> to get absolutely. it to penetrate yeah. into your skin. You kind of have to be, you know, right there for it to work. Yeah. Um, your, your mitochondria like intermittent fasting. Um, mm-hmm. it, they really like intermittent fasting. It does works on a couple of different mechanisms. Um, but it really, like if you just, when you give yourself a break from foods, whether you stop for 12 hours or 14 hours, or I know some people do 16 or longer, that break really helps give the mitochondria a break. Um, and glucose, too much glucose, really blood sugar really affects negatively your mitochondria. Mm. And so there's some key, just like lifestyle things, you know, that again, don't cost a lot of money, um, that you can just help to power up. Obviously there are great supplements that are helpful, but you have to address the, the cause and the lifestyle stuff first. Absolutely. And on the topic of, uh, intermittent fasting, um, you mentioned 12 hours, 14, 16 different mm-hmm. people, different strokes for different folks, right? Mm-hmm. You know, can, there can mm-hmm. be a few different factors that make different eating windows uh, work for people. Um, but uh, I've had this question recently. I thought, ah, I'm going to ask Carrie this on the show. <laughs> Brilliant. <Handy. laughs> um, is like if you drink, say, a black coffee or decaf or a black tea or herbal tea, mm-hmm. like, there are obviously micronutrients like polyphenols and mm-hmm. things in those beverages, does that disturb a fasting window uh, enough to make an impact or is that okay? Not to my knowledge. It's and more about poly- macros, right? Correct. Mm. Correct. That's my understanding. And okay. the polyphenols and stuff are actually quite helpful to my mitochondria. Your, your mitochondria like antioxidants. Uh, that's when you, unfortunately, when you make the energy, when you make ATP, you create what's, what are called reactive oxygen species. It's a, it's, a byproduct. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just part of the process. You, to win battery life, you have to create, you know, some bad things. But your body also is smart and has a whole system to clean up the bad things, the reactive oxygen species, and they are your antioxidants. And so the more you eat, you know, clean, organic, if you can, colorful foods, fruits, vegetables, and get those antioxidants in, then the more supportive it is to the mitochondria. And so the polyphenols in green tea or black tea or coffee or whatever you're drinking, um, the flavonoids can be quite helpful to the mitochondria, not at a supplement level. I mean, there's a difference between taking a hundred milligrams of something versus having a cup of green tea. Um, but you know, or everybody a little bit counts kind of like dark chocolate, which we were talking about <laughs> our, our favorite supplement, right, 85% the, dark chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically medicinal. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> And there's always somebody, there's always some very sweet soul who was like, oh, I can't do chocolate because it's too much for me. I can't handle it. You know, they, they, you know, always put it. I'm like, you know, I don't know that we can be friends, but then I think, you know what? They can't eat chocolate, but leaves more for me and you. So it does. Maybe we can be friends. Yeah, we can. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. So I know, um, and I definitely don't want this to come across as medical advice, but I also want to ask a question about supplements because Mm. there is a level of safe 
curiosity and experimentation with supplementation yeah. where you don't yeah. need to go see a practitioner um in especially in the area of mitochondrial support actually mm -hmm. there can, mm -hmm. can be some really lovely things that we can add in there what are some of your favorites for people to experiment with Honestly, because the mitochondria can utilize a lot of nutrients, a good quality multivitamin, which a lot of people are either taking or thinking about taking or have on their shelf, but forget to take all the time, a, a, or a multivitamin can really cover a lot of bases um, as just a good, safe baseline. Uh, a B-complex can be really helpful. Your mitochondria use um, in various forms B12 and B3 and B2 and B6. And so, you know, like, oh, a solid B complex might be really helpful. CoQ10 is, it's a, it's a carrier, it's a shuttler, so to speak, in the mitochondria. So CoQ10, and for those people who are on statin medications because of cholesterol, a lot of doctors or pharmacists, or if you read the insert in your statin medication, it will suggest, hey, statin medications tend to really suppress CoQ10 production, maybe take an external, a supplemental CoQ10 at the same time. Um, and so those are some, and then, like I said, antioxidants. And so people, you know, will take, um, you know, zinc, uh, selenium, manganese, um, you will see magnesium, you will see these again, a lot of these are in your multivitamin. Um, some of these are people are taking extra anyway, either for their immune system or because their doctor said to for this other thing over here, maybe their thyroid, they're on selenium and it's, it's a twofer or, you know, like, oh, great. It helps my thyroid and it helps my mitochondria zinc. Oh, great. It's good for my immune system. And it's helpful for my mitochondria, uh, vitamin C great antioxidant for the immune system. Oh, and to, you know, help my mitochondria. So there's a lot of two for things that people are already on and they just don't realize like, oh, that's also helping my mitochondria. How cool. Mm, brilliant. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, in terms of, uh, I guess linking now to talking about, um, challenge and stress, like 2020 has been very challenging and stressful for a lot of people. Um, other people, it hasn't been like, I've spoken to friends who've had their best year ever in business. And I'm like, go you please some more positive stories. So I by no means want to make it out. Like this is going to be the first challenging year in history that anyone's ever had. Cause last year could have been the real bitch for somebody. Um, it, it changes, but there seems to be definitely a greater collective overlap of challenge and stress this year. Um, greater than, than perhaps we've experienced in the last few decades where the, the like tons of people are experiencing stress, tension, challenge, uh, change, unexpected change. And uh, while change is pretty much the only thing we can be sure of in life, when it's in Not in Texas, <laughs> when it's, when it's hyperdrive, uh, that poses some problems to our, um, our mitochondria. Mm -hmm. So what are your favorite things to do when like, you know, you're really up against it. You're having your most challenging week or a challenging year. What are the step it up things, your, your biggest go-tos to support our <laughs> mitochondria? Um, well, apparently today it's to, it's to call you and talk for 45 <laughs> minutes before a podcast and just verbally vent all over. <laughs> I feel much better. I don't know about oh, good. you. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so what I've been doing, um, and I think a lot of people could collectively agree if the word of the year is not resilient, it's pivot. Cause we've heard either pivot or resilience over and over and over again. And so I personally am doing a lot to improve my resilience. And so I do, I take cold showers 
now that it's cold where I live, I tend to just end my shower on cold. I used to just turn on cold and walk in in the summer, but it's easier and lovely for me when it's hot outside and you walk into a cold shower. So I want the cold because I want to, I want to face something that's uncomfortable and be able to put on great music for four minutes. I listen to a song and do the, and do the cold shower and prove to myself mindset. And I know it's helping me wake up in the morning and I know it's good for my mitochondria. Um, and I know it lowers inflammation. And so cold showers is one of the things that I have been doing consistently. Uh, my exercise routine, I've been doing really pretty consistently um, uh, because I know I feel better when I exercise and I, but I have dialed down my exercise. So I'm not doing a lot of, um, I don't want to, I don't want to exercise to the point where I'm hurting or exhausted or burned out the next day. So my, I'm doing a lot more um, sort of Pilates type exercise. And then I mix in kettlebell and we happen to have a punching bag and I really like the punching bag. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. Very handy. So my, and my I, punching I bag is tennis, a tennis ball. I right. Whack that thing. Whack the heck out of it. <laughs> yes. And so I've dialed down my exercise so that it's not seen as a stressor, given that there's so much stress happening. Um, I've dialed down cardio other than to walk my dog just because I'm conscious of the fact that my cortisol is already up and anything else I'm doing is just going to drive my cortisol up more. So I want more nourishing restorative as opposed to all out when it comes to that. I am very diligent about my supplements. I do take CoQ10. I take CoQ10, a B complex. I take um, like a mitochondrial blend. So it has some other good mitochondrial stuff in it. I take broccoli sprout powder, which is mm, um, great fan for- too. Right. So it's really mm -hmm. good for detoxification and estrogen and, and longevity. Um, I was growing my own broccoli sprouts this summer off and on, but I saw I that. How'd you I get lazy? <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. Right. It was yeah. amazing. So I did it three times and then mm -hmm. I forget and then I have to order more and I forget. So I just take the supplement now, mm. <laughs> but I see that we get our Thanksgiving is soon. And so everything's black Friday sale. So the place the organic place I order my seeds from is having a black Friday sale. So oh, nice. Yeah. Perfect. So I've been doing, so I've been really consistent about, you know, my supplements, whereas I was mostly consistent before, and now I'm pretty adamantly consistent. I take magnesium. I do magnesium threonate, which is the brain support of magnesium in the morning. And I do glycinate at night, which is glycine is calming my body. Some, you know, you know, some people just, you just know what, like what nutrients your nutrient magnesium is my nutrient. Like if I, for years and years and years, if I skip a dose of magnesium, um, I can tell I really like magnesium. And then of course I like throw vitamin D in there, right? Of course, vitamin C, I have N-acetylcysteine or glutathione. And so I spice it up with immune stuff as well. And so to take it next level for me is honestly consistency. And I found that for more people where, um, they're like, what can I take? And I'm like, well, I told you, like, you know what to take. You just have to take it every day. <laughs> Like, don't forget. Um, and then like we talked earlier, the light, dark thing. So I have a light box that I have on my kitchen counter and I use in the morning. Um, I exercise in the morning to get my cortisol trained to appropriately go up in the morning. I wear blue light blocking glasses at night. Um, I wind down at night. I drink holy basil tea at night or chamomile tea. Ah, one of the two. is my favorite mm -hmm. too. Oh my gosh. Yep. It's so good. 
every night, every, my, my husband does it. He's in the habit of doing it now. And so I've just become very routine. I was reading an interview of, of um, Melissa Urban. Melissa Urban owns um, The Whole 30, which is, you know, the book, The Whole 30 and the, the play in The Whole 30. And she was saying how she's a structured person, but her day can be very unstructured. And she finds if her morning routine and her nighttime routine are structured, it's like the book ends to her day. And I thought that's how I feel. I just didn't know how to put it in words. My morning is routine with light, with my supplements, with my exercise, with my, my tea, I, I only drink green tea. And then my nighttime is structured with my wind down routine. And then anything happened in the middle, because, but I, but I know what I'm doing. Like once, once night comes, I like, I know what I'm doing and it works really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. Does it work every day? No, because I called you invented, but <laughs> sometimes you need more dark chocolate than others. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's consistent. It's consistency ultimately is what it is. And it's mm. because our bodies work on rhythms, our bodies work on rhythms, but, and especially females, our f- female bodies, especially if you are cycling, you know, like we have monthly rhythms, we have daily rhythms as humans, our cortisol works on a daily rhythm, our, we have our hunger, our digestion, our heartbeat, like it all works on rhythms. And so we have to follow somewhat of a rhythm. And that's why I like my bookends of my habits of my day and then mm. I don't know why but I just thought of that awesome 80s Gloria Estefan hit in a minute in the rhythm of the night yes <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I yeah. loved her I loved yeah. her um I the song came on the radio complete tangent of course it was going to happen but um I sang literally every single word of one of her songs and my husband was like really you can't tell me what house we got to visit to check out in half an hour, but you can sing every single word of Gloria Estefan's 1980s hit. I'm like, of course I can. Uh, obviously. I was, it just goes to show music, right? Mm-hmm. We, it's we rhythm. Rhythm, we, exactly. The rhythm of music. That's so Something, funny. My husband. My husband and I were in the car yesterday and Aerosmith came on. Aerosmith, nice. right? Yeah. And I said... Did they break, like, what happened to Aerosmith? Did they break up? And he's like, no, I think they just got old. <laughs> like, I think they just. <laughs> Too old for this. They yep. just, yeah, they were like, Steven Tyler was like, you know what? Like, we didn't fight. There's nothing wrong. Like, we're just not going to do this anymore. Mm. Thought, His hair oh. just couldn't handle another round of foils. I think. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Have you noticed all, a total tangent? All the old rockers, man, they just. Yeah. Survive and thrive. We are, I mean, I'm do. doing it wrong. I'm mm. doing it wrong. I'm taking supplements and going by the light and wearing my blue light blocking glasses. And I'm sure they're not. And we should just do what they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is the thing though. I think resilience can be trained and can look very different from yeah. one person to the next. Yeah. Like your resilience is a cold shower. Mm-hmm. Steven Tyler's resilience is performing a gig age 70 uh, till 11 o'clock at night. Like yeah. you're still training the body to do hard things. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's, that's ultimately is to do hard things, do something that pushes you out a little outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, and I'm not saying jump out of an airplane, although you can, <laughs> you know, like my, like I take a cold shower, you know, yeah. I thought we're going to start with this. It is not comfortable to get in a cold shower in the morning, let me tell you, but I do it and Mm. I feel better, amazingly better at the end. So, 100%. And I remember, um, some funny thing to say, I remember I forgot this lesson. Uh, But then when (laughs) I I went to the Joe Dispenza Advanced Retreat Mm. last year, uh, Joe always makes 
the retreat do something completely beyond their comfort zone. But that he doesn't do it on day one. He does it when you've been meditating and training your sense of calm and, uh, and peace and being in your heart space and being able to find your center. And then like on day four, you go do the crazy hard thing. And so the idea is that even during the crazy hard thing, you can train your body to find its center. And I know from doing cold showers as well, like a huge part of what Wim Hof teaches is that breathing cycling that you do first so that when you step into that place, you don't go fight, flight, freeze. You go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And you're able to center yourself and feel the invigorating aspect of it instead of the crap, this is so cold, you know, and it's really like the mental training is such a huge piece of this resilience. Right. Before I get in the shower, uh, when I was doing all cold all the time, I do, I totally do Wim Hof breathing. And the reason people go, why do you play music? Why do you like, I, cause I stay in for one song and I say, because when you sing or you hum, you activate your vagus nerve, which is your parasympathetic, your rest and digest. So in my cold shower, I breathe before I get in, get in. And then I, it's a fast for me it's a fast beat song that I know the words to and I'm singing and I'm humming and I'll gargle water with gargling also activates the vagus nerve and so and I'm taking a shower um but I'm doing all the things it gets it's the tricks I'm doing all the things that I know to shift me out of holy crap it's so cold and squeaky you know squeaking which is just activating the stress response and I'm doing the things instead to try to push me into parasympathetic or rest and digest Mm. Absolutely. And do you feel like then, so biochemically, if we're able to create and train that in these hard situations, does that then mean we become more robust? Our mitochondria becomes more robust when an actual like stressor comes up during the day? I think so. It's called hormesis with Mm. an H, hormesis. And so um, it's like exercise is, is a slight stress, right. That the body then has to go in and, and handle the little tiny micro tears and, you know, what have you and fix it for your gains. But it's, it's a mild stressor that you, you hopefully can recover from. And sometimes people work out way too hard or when they shouldn't, and then they don't recover very well. And other people can gradually build their, um, stamina and they noticed that over time they can lift heavier, they can go further, they can run faster, whatever it is, they can stretch more. And that's that hormesis, like just routinely building on itself. And so that's why I like doing that cold shower. I mean, I'm working out for one, but cold showers is, is another. No, it's always, it's never not cold. I've been asked this question, like, oh, do you, when you walk into the cold shower, do you not feel it now? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> no, not gone. It's still cold. Yeah. Still cold. <laughs> Every time, but every yeah. time, and every time it's, it's a little bit of a mind game of, um, like, I just have to get in the shower, like just, just blinders on get in the shower because I, anyone can easily talk them out of their cells out of it. Um, but it's, it's within about 20 to 30 seconds. I don't eat, then I don't even feel it anymore. It feels amazing. I feel great. I'm doing my shower. I'm singing, I'm humming. Sometimes I have a full-on dance party, depending what song is on, and um, I don't even feel the cold. Yeah. My body's like, we got this. Like, not Yeah, and it's such great mental training, such great mental training. So have you noticed personally then that you can actually do hard things outside of that shower better now that you've been doing yes. cold showers? 
Yes. And well, I mean, this year alone has been a real training exercise and doing hard things for sure. Um, and, um, yeah, we, you know, as humans, we get stuck in our comfort zone. Absolutely. And so I just have to make, I've just made these decisions and I like, okay, I'm gonna take a cold shower and that's in like, oh, I can survive a cold shower. Then I can do whatever this other thing is that's hard, whether it's make a phone call. I mean, it doesn't have to be a physical thing, right? Yeah, totally. You know, send this email or sign up for this course or, you know, start this exercise program. Like I can do a cold shower. I can do this. Yeah. So absolutely. And I also, uh, my, uh, my husband, um, my husband is, he's retired military. He was in for 22 years and in the, in the U S military, he's, uh, was army and he was, he did, he was airborne. He was ranger, he's special forces. And he now owns his own company that is a executive protection type company. And he specializes in media riots, protests. So this has really been his year. Wow. But what's interesting yeah. is like, I've heard all of his stories and I watch him and his team and make, I've been fitted. I have a bulletproof vest, you know, like I've been fitted for all of this stuff. And so I, and I don't really, I can't really hide behind my couch, you know, like I like my cushy mm -hmm. life or my, you know, I'm, like I watch my husband and his team just do really amazing things and, and really what I would think are hard, challenging things. And they're like, this is nothing. Like we've been to Iraq, Carrie. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, man, if they, like, if they can do it, like I can get in a cold shower. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Nice to have that inspiration right there. Yes. So I definitely want, I, you know, I have a great visual every day of somebody who's doing hard things mm. like it's nothing. And I'm like, mm. okay, I can yeah. take a cold shower. Yeah. <laughs> Here I go. <laughs> totally. Um, so end of year. Obviously, it is a time when we can have our little whoopsies, some blowouts. And we talked right at the beginning about how our mitochondria bounces back if your battery is normally at 100. Um, how do you think psychologically? Because I think so many people in the health space are in there because they have come here because they are challenged in some way and their battery is probably not at a hundred percent. Well, many people aren't. Um, how can we psychologically change the messaging around what we deserve? I'm always curious to see how different people, you know, because the culturally we feel like we deserve the wine because it's 2020. We deserve that extra piece of cake because it's been a tough year. Um, and I, I'm not questioning having a glass of wine every now and then. And I am a big fan of something yummy, a little treat on the weekends. Um, and I feel that that's bounce backable, but often when things are really challenging for a really long time, people start to tell themselves that way more often. Right. And so they'll, they'll, and now yeah, they notice it right now. We, we, mm. people say, you know, I've gained the COVID-19, you know, now it's, and I, I heard, I've heard it, I hear it on the radio. I hear it, see it in the news. I hear it from my friends who are like, you know, oopsies. I did think I kind of deserved, I was stressed. I was frustrated. I was definitely overindulging. I wasn't working out. I sort of felt pissed off and entitled. And so I ate the cake and the chocolate and the wine and whatever. And now I'm paying, paying for it in a sense of like, this isn't the healthy person that I, this isn't meeting my health goals. You know, this is, this isn't the life I want to lead and, and project. And so now I need to make some changes. And so I think, um, I think that, I think it's such a really interesting way that you say it, you know, that people have the, the, I deserve 
mentality. And I a hundred percent agree with you. The occasional I deserve you totally, you do deserve, but then the problem comes when the deserve is now getting in the way of your health goals and it's now affecting your lab results. And it's now putting you at risk for what we call comorbidities or additional development of disease. And nobody wants that. And, you know, we're trying to be resilient and we're, we're trying to survive and thrive. And if your actions of I deserve are actually leading you away from thrive and, and survive, then it becomes harmful, n- not helpful. And so um, it's a lot of real talk and it's a lot of kind of come to Jesus. I had a patient years ago who had an I deserve around alcohol and she was drinking every single night. She had ran a company. She had many, you know, like four kids, family, the whole thing. And she's like, I deserve alcohol every night because I need it to unwind and I'm stressed out. But she couldn't figure out why our PMS was bad and she couldn't figure out why she'd put on 30 pounds and she couldn't figure out why she was looking like she was aging and she couldn't figure out why she was tired and brain fogged all the time. And I was like, I'm a pretty straightforward person. And I was like, you've just admitted to me, you drink a bottle of wine every night. That's seven bottles a week. Let's think about this. Your homework is to go home and really think about what all this alcohol and calories are doing to you. Let's start cutting back. You know, and I'm like, I meet you where you're at. Let's start cutting back. And she was, she's like, well, maybe I can cut back to two glasses a night. And I saw her four weeks later, cause we we're waiting for blood work and stuff to come in. And she said, um, I gave up drinking completely in four weeks. And I said, what changed? She said, well, I was really pissed at you. And then I went home and I looked up online, like how much calories and alcohol. And she said, I realized what I was, I was justifying my actions because I was stressed out and it was really unhealthy. And I needed to find other ways to unwind, other ways to calm down, other ways to end my day. And I was setting a really bad example for my kids. And so she said, she so she quit completely and it made a world of difference. So she was asking me like, what hormone can I take? And what supplement can I do? Well, what detox plan can I be on before? Right? Like she wanted mm, the magic pill. Don't give up course. my wine, Yeah, but give me the magic herb. That's going to fix all this. And I was like, oh, you got to stop that magic grape first. <laughs> like, yeah. And so with the whole, I deserve, I'd say it's, it can be hard. Co- it can be hard conversations to, for people um, to themselves, let alone to somebody else, but to themselves is sometimes the hardest. Like, Ooh, I am eating a lot more sugar or I have been indulging in a lot more, whatever it is. Um, I mm. have been sleeping on exercise because I feel like I deserve to sleep in or I deserve And then there is those sneaky little marketing messages from the food industry that have been like filtrating our brains for who knows how long, uh, telling us, you know, take this, you deserve a break. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking Kit Kat. Like at what point does that help us actually relax from a biochemical, um, spiritual perspective? Nothing. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Jacks up a whole bunch of stuff you don't want to jack up. And they know full well people aren't just doing it as a treat, take a break, you know, a couple times a year, eat a Kit Kat. I mean, they know people are doing it every day. Yeah, that's it's right. like fast food, right? There are yeah. people who have fast food every single day. It's, mm. it's what they, it's their quick break that they deserve. Mm. And, yeah. and so I think, yeah, psychologically, I'm really glad we talked about that because sometimes we just don't want to admit that thing that's actually really holding us back from our health goals. And it can just be really confronting and icky. So anyone who's hearing this right now, if that's you, 
just be really gentle with yourself. Um, start telling the truth. Uh, it could hurt, but it's, it's going to be the first step to actually loving up on your mitochondria and getting that battery back to 100%. Even um, and even some things that seem healthy, like a like a a friend of mine this summer was complaining that she gained weight. And granted, it's 2020, you know. And but she's, we started talking about her diet, and she's in the field. She understands, and she's eats a pretty pristine diet. Mm. Um, and hers was portion. Mm. You know, just because it's healthy doesn't mean it's. I don't know what the right word is, calorie free, you know? Mm. Just, oh my gosh. Well, look you at know? that. And so whole... she said, oh my gosh, Carrie, I realized instead of, you know, two scoops of protein powder, I was using four because it's so delicious. And I was adding extra this and I was adding like more nut butter. And I was, and so it was all health, you know, healthy stuff, and, yeah. but it ended up being this like six or 800 calorie treat. It was a smoothie. We were discussing as a shake. Dessert. Yeah. And it became like a full on dessert <laughs> shake by the time she was done, even though it had blueberries or kale or cinnamon, like all the things. Yeah. It was the extras. And she was, she was like, Oh, it tastes so yummy. I just kept adding, not <laughs> realizing, you know, all this nut butter and all this protein powder and all this extra, like, Ooh, this and that, you know, was mm. definitely, you know, adding to her behind. And so she said, holy crap, I need to stop or, mm. you know, cut back to normal, do- the measured dose mm. and, and it out. Same thing happened like- to my husband a few years ago. He started doing smoothies because he thought it was just an easy, quick breakfast uh, before work. And, um, and then he started putting on a tummy and this man mm. like never puts on weight. He's the kind of guy who could do 10 sit-ups and there comes the six pack again, you oh, know, it's fine. Whatever. It's very annoying. Anyway, <laughs> but he put on weight during this period of switching up and having a, a protein smoothie for breakfast. And we're like, what, what could it be? And he was putting, he was using coconut cream. Yeah. Yeah. He was adding a couple of whole eggs. Mm-hmm. He was um, adding the nut butter, mm-hmm. actual nuts uh, there was just so much like avocado. There were so yeah. many things in there that individually they're all fine. Yeah. Um, but he literally just lost five kilos. Like it was nothing when he went back to two eggs on toast. Yeah. One piece. Isn't that, yeah. Mm. Cause you fit, you're right. You think individually. So, you know, for people listening, they may be like, well, I don't eat chocolate and I don't drink wine, but yet, mm. you know, and then, and then you realize like, oh, I do really hit that nut butter. Don't I? Or, oh, I really do. I love coconut milk, like real mm. coconut milk and things, which is great. It's great in curries, right? It's great in Indian dishes. And, but if you're mixing it, if in your, if you're adding it to rice, if you're adding it to your porridge, if you're adding it to whatever else you're making, cause you love the taste of that thick coconut cream, um, then, you know, over time, mm it's, it sneaks up on you. Yeah. And excess nutrients and calories, especially my macros, it is just so much more for your body to process. So that can actually set your mitochondria back as well. Yeah. It's like the factory is working overtime. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So So last question, how do you indulge in the holidays? What are your favorite traditions? What are your favorite whoopsies? Chocolate, dark chocolate. (laughs) It's funny. I will, um, my love for dark chocolate, I think has saved me so many times because I have a sweet tooth, but I have a dark chocolate sweet tooth. So when people have cookies or sweets or treats or, you know, candy, and I'm like, why would I waste the calories when I Mm. have dark chocolate? You know, like, why would I add that extra calorie? 
which I know sounds kind of maybe crazy, but um, it's definitely saved me. That's for sure. But I would say, unfortunately, normally at the holidays, my mom is a brilliant, brilliant cook. And I would, my husband and I would get my go home for the holidays. I live on the West coast. My mom lives on the East coast. My mom and dad live on the East coast, but because of the, we are currently in a lockdown, my second lock, a modified lockdown and my parent, I'm not, I can't go home this year for Christmas. And so mm, I'm it's tough. creating uh, traditions and food stuff here. So I'm like, mom, what's that recipe for? <laughs> How do I? <laughs> how do I make that Turkey again? What do I do? <laughs> oh, I'm going to send you, I'm, I'll send you a preview. You can be a recipe tester for one of the recipes in my next book. Oh, it's I'd love an to. Olive oil, dark chocolate mousse cake. I'm okay with that. It is so good. <laughs> I am a hundred percent ready for that. So that's probably my biggest alcohol is not my go-to. Um, even when I'm stressed out, alcohol is not my go-to. I do love a, a good glass of wine. I do love a glass of dry champagne, but, um, it's, and I probably, I'm sure I'll have a glass over the holidays, of course, but, mm -hmm. um, thanks. And, and pop quiz. What is the it. highest resveratrol? Oh, yes. Varietal. Yes. Tell us. Uh, from my reading, it's Cabernet Franc. So if you mm -hmm. can get a, at least try to get an organic, you know, biodynamic. So they're not spraying the grapes. Oh, Cabernet yeah. Franc, it has the one highest. One of the most sprayed crops. One of the most sprayed crops. Yeah. Mm. Especially in California, unfortunately. Mm. So I believe I've read our, like Argentina. There's a lot of organic in Argentina. I love it. And their winery um, uh, farms, uh, grape farms. Um, and then was it Italy? I forget what the second country was, was the least sprayed. And so when I'm going for wine, what, I mean, you, there's obviously companies out there that are advertise i'm low sugar biodynamic organic all the things but if you're just at the store and you're trying to pick something up um if i don't get california <laughs> do not buy california unless it actually says you know organic and all that on there but um yeah so with so cabernet frank is highest in resveratrol syrah syrah is highest it has the highest ability to activate something called heat shock protein 70 heat shock protein 70 is anti-inflammatory and it gets released um, is part of your stress response. And so we like heat shock protein 70 dark chocolate also releases heat shock protein 70. How convenient, how convenient. I know. I swear there's, <laughs> I have literature to back that up. That's not me just saying it. I'll put it but in the show notes. Alcohol is still alcohol and it still affects your liver and it still affects your mitochondria. So please be cautious. Mm, absolutely. Good lessons. And, um, I guess the, Something I would like to ask. Okay. This is my final question. <laughs> when you go into a new year, because we're just about to do that as of this publishing date, it's literally next week. Um, what is your favorite way to signal in a new year for new energy? Because I think a lot of people are turning to this new year with uh, a lot of hope and optimism that it's going to be less challenging. Um, how do we bring our best energetically to that, uh, to that transition into a new year? What does it look like for you? For me, I'm in a Marie Kondo, my house. Mm -hmm. So I cannot, we, you, what you see behind me is a curated bookshelves and new art, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. And it's very pretty. <laughs> and if I were to angle my camera at all, <laughs> to right or to the left, <laughs> it would be a problem. So we're going to Marie Kondo, this entire room is in my closet. I'm going to start the year a, like a fresh, you know, I went through this year and I thought so many of these clothes now that I'm completely work from home. I, I, 
I just need to out with the, it's going to be out with the old ultimately mm. it's out with the old, a lot of this stuff in this office. I'm like, we're going to redo a lot and revamp. Such I a great a, opportunity a, to give to the, mm-hmm. so many people out there who yes. could use yep. things right now too. Yep. Absolutely. Mm. And my husband, we donate a lot and thankfully our donation centers are still open, which is really, which oh, that's really great. Because they closed yeah. the first lockdown. And mm. they're, they're Same with ours. Which is hard. Um, mm. And then I, I am a big fan of vision boards. So I create a vision board, which I just learned somebody I follow on Instagram. She does her vision board on the app Canva, and then she puts it on her phone. So she saves pictures and creates like a multi-graph. Ooh, that's a great idea. I thought it was brilliant too, because I actually cut pictures out of magazines and create a vision board, right? Old school. Um, And then I love to write. So I write out, I review all the goals that I wrote in January, like what I accomplished this year will be interesting. And then um, start with new goals for the next year. And then what I do is I write down my goals as a big list and then I don't look at it again. I mean, I, I work through the, it sounds weird. So like I, I work through the goals, but I kind of like the surprise of going back to say, okay, all these things what did I, and some of them I forget, like some of them I, I do right away in February or March. And by the time December comes around, I'm like, oh yeah, I did that. Yay me. Look at that. I did that goal. So I, I'm an activities person when it comes to ringing in, clean out, create a vision board, write down goals. Um, I don't make it formal. Some people feel, might feel overwhelmed listening to this. I'm like, oh no, no, no. I don't like light incense and, you know, call in the angels and center myself. I'm like, that's a goal. Yeah. And I add it to my list and walk away, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. Looking through a magazine. Cause I I'm getting millions of magazines for the holidays now. And I'm like, Oh, I like that picture rip. <laughs> then mm. I can back and come back to it. And so it's not a formal process, but it really helps me just to transition. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Carrie, thank you so much for this beautiful chat. So much goodness. Uh, as I as I as I suspected at the start, a really awesome mix of science, spiritual, <laughs> and fun. Um, as always. So um, you're a dear friend and such an amazing person to have on the show because of your crazy brilliant knowledge that you share <laughs> with people. Um, and uh, and I wish you all the best for the end of this year. You as well, Alex. I miss you so much. This I was supposed to come to Australia this year. I know. But that didn't happen. I bet I won't be there next year either. But someday, someday we'll see each other again. We shall. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social, on Instagram, at Life or one word, or my personal Instagram, uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at Lotox Life uh, and, of course, lotoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a Lotox Life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Lotox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about $29.30 US about 27 euro and about 25 pounds, you get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lotoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.